Welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Doug Dewan, and joining me this segment is Holly Tucci, a congenital heart defect survivor and American Heart Association Heart and Stroke Walk volunteer. Join us as we look at issues that affect us here at home in our community and across the nation. Today, we're going to talk about just that, the American Heart Association's Heart and Stroke Walks. Holly, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Doug. It is, it's truly an honor to be here today. So with you being a congenital heart defect survivor, this event is personal to you. Can you talk about that and tell us why you decided to get involved? Yeah, it's honestly, it is very personal. Something that started 15 years ago was when I was approached uh, at the company I worked with at the time by one of the HeartWalk directors. And they were looking to get people to represent different companies and corporations. And I signed on to be that contact person for that company that I was with at the time. And that HeartWalk director is actually the person that said, hey, <laughs> you're actually a heart warrior. And I had not ever heard that before. That was not terminology that was part of my vernacular at that time. Again, we're talking about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But that's what started the journey. That's what started something that has become so truly near and dear to, to my heart. I was born with complete heart block. I got my first pacemaker at age nine. And then this experience has continued to grow and deepen every single year. My youngest son, Mason, who just turned 10, he got his very first pacemaker at the age of eight. So just a little over a year, year and a half ago. And so this is why we continue to, to raise awareness and to encourage people to be a part of this event, because it truly is so very near and dear to our very bionic beating hearts. Of course. Now, for those who don't know, which I think may be a large segment of the people listening, including myself, talk to me about the congenital heart defect. What is it? And, and. Secondarily, how was the American Heart Association helpful to you in your journey? So the defect that we were that Mason and I were both born with is heart block, and that impacts the electricity of the heart. And that's basically as I once had a, a physician describe it to me as you're at the border and you don't have the communication from one side to the other. So the electricity was not conducting. So therefore, what that was looking like when I was younger, before I had a pacemaker is that my heart rate, base heart rate was in the 20s to 30s. So mm. real slow. Same thing with Mason. His, um, while I have complete heart block, he has, was considered and diagnosed with type two. And so therefore it just became a matter of what was that looking like on a daily basis for him with that lower heart rate at the age of seven and eight, we really began to notice he was struggling to walk around the block. I'm not kidding. We had a brand new puppy and we would take him around the block, one block in our neighborhood. And we'd have to stop because Mason would be short of breath. He would be getting tired and fatigued. And so as that became more noticeable, that's when I began having conversations with his cardiologist who is at Seattle Children's Hospital, Dr. Chen, who's absolutely amazing. And I let him know, hey, this is not what I want my son to be growing up with. This is not how I want him to navigate life. I want him to be the active person that I know he is desiring to be, but his heart was limiting him from all of that. Yeah, that's tough. So let's talk about the role of the American Heart Association and the journey towards recovery and, and getting the pacemaker, 
How were they helpful? What resources did you were you able to use, and what should people know? So the the role of American Heart has been huge, and it's been consistent and constant. The funds that are raised through what we have coming up, the Heart and Stroke Walk, go towards all this research that therefore helps people improve their lives year over year. Pacemakers were only created just before I was born, back in the 70s. Mm. And so the fact that we have this continual research, things are getting better and better every year. Mason now has this pacemaker because of the research that's done, a pacemaker that's going to last him potentially 12 years. I've got a pacemaker that lasts eh, about eight to 10. And I mean, there's variances as to why that is. But the other big thing that I love about American Heart is the community and the support that they give. So it's not only being out there and being visual, but it's also this community that's created as we get to meet one another. When I've gotten to meet other survivors, other heart and stroke warriors, that's where the real stuff comes in because we're getting to have these conversations with one another. Yeah, I get that. Okay, how are you navigating this? Okay, how about your doctor appointments? Okay, how about the recovery? How about the emotional side of it? Mm. It's one thing for me to, to navigate my own experience. And then having Mason and navigating it since before he was born, that has been a whole other thing. So not only did I have a community before Mason was born of how I was going to navigate all these health challenges and opportunities along the way, then I got to deepen another side of the community that was parents and caretakers and care providers and how they were going to be able to be by my side as my husband and I were navigating being parents of a heart warrior. Yeah, I I do. I I think you speak to exactly what I what I think about most cases when somebody gets a diagnosis or you're going through something is the feeling of isolation and then having that community available to you. Other people that know exactly what you're going through, know exactly what you're facing uh, can be incredibly helpful with just about anything. But I would guess in this instance, that's probably one of the biggest benefits of the American Heart Association to you. Right. It truly is. And that's why there's something that I love about the Heart Walk every year is that it's this opportunity to to get to see those friends and connections that have been a part of the community supporting one another, to be able to hug them in person again, to be able to celebrate them, and to truly honor this life that we're living. Because it's not anything that's guaranteed whatsoever. Mason and I are very well aware of it. Me and myself, I've had a few near-death experiences, very well aware of how precious this life is. And that's why with the Heart and Stroke Walk, it is an incredible celebration for those that are there, as well as paying tribute to those that have, have passed on, that we want to carry their legacy on, to honor them and for the way they showed up in our lives. Yeah. And secondarily, like the community that's there for you, you've been doing this for 15 years. I'm sure you're the community for a lot of people. Now, in the 15 years you've been doing this, how, how have you seen the events evolve? Um, what it, what it, what has it been like for you to actually participate? It's there's definitely been an evolution when we for, when we started 15 years ago, it was taking place in what's now known as Lumen Field. Um, there's been a little variance in the location, but the energy in the community has always been strong. We did have a couple years, thank you, pandemic, <laughs> where things went virtual mm-hmm. and solely virtual. 
And virtual is still an option. It's still absolutely a viable option because it's all about encouraging people to walk and to be active. But seeing what took place last year, the thing that I am so excited to revisit again this year, what happened last year is as we finished the, as we are coming across the finish line, there is a survivor's lane. And then at the end of the survivor's lane, you're crossing the finish line. And here's this big heart with a bell in the center for you to ring the celebratory bell. Mm. And here I was just like, Mason, go. He took off. He ran towards that bell. He rang it. He was so excited. And that was something that just brings it to this cumulative moment of, oh, my gosh, there he is. He's doing it. This is him living life on his terms. This is it happening. This is this moment that came together because of American Heart. Yeah. And so I'm assuming because there's a theme this year that there's been themes throughout. Now, this year's theme um, is I Walk to Save Lives. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? What does that mean? Yes. So I Walk to Save Lives. That's something that can absolutely be interpreted and personalized by any single person, any single experience. For me, I'm walking for my own heart. For Mason, he's walking for his heart. We walk for one another's. And then we walk for the people that have gone on before us and for those that are are having some struggles right now and going through some rehabilitation from having either a heart attack or a stroke. And that's what's really cool about I Walk to Save Lives, like simply thinking about what that means, the power of our steps and how they can translate into helping others. And think about our own lives, right? Like we are walking to save lives, including our own, to encourage our own health and well-being as well as the health and well-being of others. Yeah. And on top of that, which is great, the event is also a fundraiser. So one, how are the donations used? Two, do you have a goal in mind? And and where does yeah, where does the money go? Oh, I love that you asked. It is a fundraiser. And I like to say that it's to emphasis on the fun part <laughs> because it is fun to raise money when you know that you're making a contribution to something that's going to have direct impact. Mason and I see it all the time. We see the direct impact. We feel it because of the programs that we're involved in and the support and the research going on. The goal this year is 1.3 million. And I I feel it's going to absolutely happen. We are coming up close to that goal, but we've still got to get that little push over the edge. So there's definitely still time for people to join. There's time for people to make the donations and to know that those donations go towards increasing more cardiovascular research and for increasing more people to get trained in CPR, as well as to reduce the number of people that are suffering and dying and dying from heart disease and stroke. So we want to reduce the suffering and increase the awareness, increase the funding and the research and the people being trained in CPR, because that ultimately improves the number of lives being saved on the regular. And I think it's all it's all fantastic. Now, you mentioned there's still time to participate. So let's talk about that. Where uh, and when are, is the walk available? If, if And on top of that, for those who want to participate, what should they expect day of? Yes. So it's coming up. We're just, a, we just hit under just under the two week mark for the Seattle event, which is taking place on Saturday, October 15th, excuse me, October 14th at Seattle center. 
And then for those that are more in the South End, or if this date is more convenient for them, there's also the walk in Tacoma at Cheney Stadium on October 21st. So Seattle Center on October 14th, or Cheney Stadium October 21st. And then the site for people to go to to get themselves registered and to make the donations is PugetSoundHeartWalk.org. Now, you had mentioned earlier that there's the possibility of participation, even if you're not on site, the virtual thing. So for those who can't go and still want to participate or support, what should they know? What they should know is to sign up, to sign up and to create their own virtual course, their own route in their own neighborhood. If you're not able to make it because the time or the location or logistics, whatever it may be, sign up and be a virtual walker. Because then you're still a part of this community and a part of what is growing to celebrate and strengthen our communities. Are there are there other ways that people can help support, like volunteerism, just straight donations? Uh, what should people that maybe can't participate or just want to help out with know? It's a, if if volunteering, if you want to, instead of being there to walk on the day of, you can absolutely volunteer. We are always looking for more volunteers. The day of, I know you asked that earlier, so I wanted to circle back to that. The day of is going to be lots of excitement, for sure. As I mentioned earlier, it's a huge celebratory event. There's going to be a health and wellness expo that kicks off at 8.30 in the morning, where there's going to be healthy snacks and a kid zone, an area to take pictures, and a pet area. I'm a little biased. That's kind of my favorite area. I love hanging with the pups. And there's also a stress release zone this area, or excuse me, this year, a stress release zone this year. Just think about that stress release zone where you might have the opportunity to play with some adoptable dogs. Now, I might need to stay away from that area just because I don't want to bring all the pups home with me. That tends to be my jive. (laughs) But then then there's also going to be the stage program and the warm up at 940 in the morning and then the walk itself. All of us walkers are going to cross the start line at 10 a.m. And with that, you get to decide if you're going to do the 5K route or the one-mile non-competitive route. And then, as I also mentioned, the survivors of heart disease and stroke get to celebrate their finish by walking down that finish line and ringing that celebratory bell. It is a special moment for sure where you want to have video and photos to capture it because it's something that will likely stick with you. Now, I, that all sounds amazing. Um, and I and Holly, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us all the, this information. But before I let you go, um, I'm just curious, is there anything that you want to say to anyone that's listening right now that we maybe haven't covered uh, about the walk, about the American Heart Association or just, uh, you know, of your own free will? Any any thoughts you might have? It's I think if anything, I recognize that this is something that has been going on where the companies and the teams And each and every individual walker has likely been preparing for this for months. We're going to have plenty of people that will still jump on board within the next couple of weeks, for sure. And we love that. But also recognizing those that have been preparing for months, whether they're recovering from any sort of heart episode or recovering from a stroke, like they are working to be able to physically put one foot in front of the other. And that's a huge deal. There's also the fundraising and various events that others have been putting on that create this continual community effect and this feeling of we are in this together. And I think above all, I think it's so important that when in doubt, we simply put 
our right hand over our heart and that left hand over the right hand. And we remember at the very least, that is why. Our heart is beating and we want it to beat as long as possible. And to remember that we are here for one another, lifting each other up. And this in this community, we are so much stronger together. And I cannot, I am so excited to be celebrating with so many. I'll be there in Seattle on the 14th. But again, these events are taking place both on the 14th of October and the 21st. And I'm so excited to celebrate with so many others. Ali Tucci, thank you so much for your time. What's that website again? Puget Sound Heartwalks? PugetSoundHeartWalk.org. PugetSoundHeartWalk.org. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Holly. Thank you so much, Doug. Truly appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Conversations is a public affairs program of this station.